You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and really excited to try something a little bit different with this episode. Full disclosure, I'm a little bit nervous to try it as well, but if you have been following the podcast for any amount of time, and if you have, thank you for your interest in your listenership. We certainly appreciate it. But if you have been following along, then you know that the format up until this point as has been for me to have a guest with every episode. And while that's been fun, it also occurred to me that from time to time, I have some thoughts that I think might be applicable to the dental marketplace that don't necessarily fit in that guest format. And so uh, what I'm going to try to do today is what I would call a monologue podcast, which is just me sharing uh, whatever's kind of been top of mind for me recently. And hopefully you find it, again, applicable to your life and, and your practice as a dentist or working in the dental marketplace. So here we go. So what I'd like to talk about today is the topic or the idea of setting financial goals. And I want to be totally transparent with the audience in that setting goals in general has been something that I've sort of struggled with uh, in my professional and personal life, which, as I say that out loud, maybe makes me sound a little bit unmotivated, a little bit lazy. And I don't think that's the case because I do have big picture ideas. I just have trouble uh, getting really specific with how that gets accomplished and, and the timeline that it gets accomplished on. Um, so I just want to be clear about that. And and kind of in that context, I'm going to share as it relates to financial goal setting, You know, first and foremost, what I think can be some of the trouble in trying to do that and kind of how I think about it a little bit differently or kind of the, the benefits of thinking about it a little bit different way. And then uh, a few practical examples or sub goals for kind of how to think about it a little bit differently moving forward if you're a dentist and how you want to think about your financial future. So as we dive a little bit deeper into this concept of setting financial goals, I think it would be helpful to have that discussion if we actually used a hypothetical financial goal to have that discussion around. And one of the most common financial goals, really big picture that I find dentists setting for themselves is at some point in the future, most dentists would like to reach the point financially that they are independent from continuing to practice dentistry. That is, they have enough money, they have enough assets, they have enough income or cash flow streams outside of dentistry that they no longer have to get up every day and continue to see patients if they choose not to in order to financially afford the life that they would like to live. So another way of saying that is they become financially free from practicing dentistry. Uh, but, but really big picture, it just means that they reach the point that they're not practicing any longer solely for the money or in part because of the money, which is not to say that they have to stop practicing or retire. It just is, just means that if they continue to go forward and practicing for an extended period of time, it's because they're getting something else out of continuing to practice besides money, uh, some sort of meaning or purpose with continuing to do it. So that's a really big financial goal that I think uh, most dentists set. And I think it's helpful to use that as an example in the context of having a conversation about financial goals just to make it more applicable. So with that as a backdrop, let's first hit on the problems with that. And one of the big problems I think is 
a lot of people think of that financial goal in terms of a number. Uh, whether it's a million dollars or $5 million or $10 million, I think most dentists and most people in general have some sort of number that they need to reach with their retirement assets or their assets outside of dentistry to feel like they can step away from active practice if they choose to do so. And while it's good to have some sort of target, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, uh, I, I just the problem I have with setting a specific number is that the second you lay it down, it becomes outdated. And what I mean by that is once you name that number, you're going to make some assumptions about the action that's required to achieve that number, such as how much I need to save and invest throughout my working career or my practicing career to get there. Uh, the second assumption that a lot of people are going to make is uh, what sort of rate of return should I expect on the money that I do save and set aside to someday no longer need to practice dentistry from a financial perspective. And the only thing we know about those projections, about those assumptions is that whatever we lay down, it's a pretty, pretty much guaranteed that uh, we're going to be off because no one can predict what's going to happen in the future. And so... I just have a lot of hesitation about naming a specific number because it's just based on so many assumptions about things that we can't control or that the client can't control. On the other hand, to just sort of aimlessly wander through your, your life and your working years and hope to end up at a point where you could become financially independent from practicing dentistry, that's probably not a formula for success either. So as an alternative, I think the way I like to think about it a little bit differently is rather than having these specific goals with these specific assumptions and a specific number and a specific time frame, is instead thinking about it in like three or four principles that we need to consider understanding that uh, how we think about those principles, and we'll get to the principles here in a second, uh, but it's probably going to change. So maybe less specificity, if I say that right, and more of a just general orientation, as I would call it, with where we're trying to get and when we're trying to get there. So as an example, you know, I live, for, for those listening that don't know, in central Iowa, in the Des Moines, Iowa area, which is in the central part of the United States. And we don't have an unlimited number of direct flights out of the good old Des Moines International Airport, but there's, there's enough. And if you have a direct flight out of Des Moines, you can reasonably fly anywhere in the United States within three hours or so. However, it's helpful if you take off and spend the first few hours in flight heading in the right direction of where you're trying to get. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to get to Detroit or Dallas or Duluth or Denver, uh, you know, east, west, north or south out of Des Moines, uh, it helps to be flying in that direction shortly after takeoff. And that's kind of how I think about setting financial goals or the big financial goal of becoming financially independent from dentistry. And I don't know how many times I just said financially in, in one sentence, uh, three or four. Uh, but anyways, just thinking of it about more of an orientation uh, within a, a few key areas. And we're going to hit on those key areas here in just a second. So the key areas that I think about, uh, and I'm just going to list them, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about each of them. I think there are four. And again, as I mentioned a little bit ago, you know, how you think about these key areas is probably or most likely going to change over time. But I think what will not change is that these key areas all kind of fit into the formula of when or how you can become financially independent from practicing dentistry. So the first sort of key area, as I would call it, is, is a general or a rough orientation of how long you'd like to work. 
how long you'd like to continue practicing or how long or at what age, maybe more specifically, you would like to have the option of practicing dentistry if you could. Number two, uh, what does lifestyle look like? In other words, how affluent or not affluent of a lifestyle are you living now or would you like to live now? And how does that change or not change in the future, including and up to the time that you take your last breath? Uh, Is it a more affluent lifestyle now, but you really hope to downsize in retirement or vice versa, where you kind of uh, watch your pennies a little closer while you're working, but then you hope to maybe retire early and live a little bit more lavishly once you're no longer practicing on a regular basis. Uh, Number three, if you have children, if you are blessed with children, I think a big part of the equation is how much you would like to help them both now and in the future financially. And sort of as an example, I think anyone that's been around dentistry very long knows that it's a fairly familial uh, profession or occupation. Uh, you know, if your kids want to go to, into dentistry, that's, uh, that's a pretty significant financial commitment if you want to help them through undergrad and also postgraduate school or dental school. Uh, you know, right now, as we enter 2021, I think that number for undergrad and postgrad is probably in the half million dollar range. Uh, what will it be 15 or 20 years from now? And how many kids do you have that would like to pursue dentistry? So if you have several kids and they all uh, want a secondary education, that could be several million dollars. So if that's something that is that you're passionate about and uh, that's a that's a constant for you that you want to be able to do, then that's going to affect how long maybe you need to practice or kind of what lifestyle looks like along the way. And kind of the fourth big thing is if you want to leave anything behind or what you want your legacy financially to be. Uh, Just in my experience, this is probably last on the list for most people, but I think it's worth mentioning in that, you know, some people want their name on a building somewhere someday. Some people have causes and charities and organizations that they really care about and want to make sure that something gets left behind for those things uh, and, and that something is significant and it's a specific amount that's going to affect or kind of factor into everything else and how you think about your financial life and reaching the point of being financially independent from practicing dentistry. So all those things are probably going to change throughout your career, like how much you want to help your kids, what you think lifestyle is going to look like, uh, you know, how long you want to work, and then how much you want to leave behind, if anything, or just kind of whatever is left over. Those are all pretty fluid. But what I think is a constant is that those four things are all going to factor into figuring out the point that you could become financially independent from practicing dentistry. So to sort of wrap this up and kind of bring the conversation to a landing to uh, stick with the flight analogy I I used a little bit ago, uh, I think getting too specific too far out with uh, specific financial goals can lead to problems because that specificity is based on so many assumptions, so many projections about the future that we can't control and that just statistically is very likely to change. So as an alternative, one way to think about it differently, I think, is instead to have just sort of this general orientation around where you're trying to get to and when you're trying to get there, uh, really high level, uh, about some specific areas. And those areas, again, as we just hit on, are how long you'd like to work or kind of the general age you'd like to retire. Uh, the lifestyle that you'd like to live uh, both during your r- working years and then also when you're no longer practicing, 
how much support you plan or would like to give for your children with their education uh, or the weddings and, and all the things that go into having kids. And then lastly, what sort of legacy, if anything, would you like to leave behind for people and things and charities and organizations that may or may not be important to you? So uh, hope that helps. Hope that thought process was helpful for everyone listening, or at least gives everyone listening a, a few more things to think about or a different way to think about things. Uh, as always, I don't always say this, but I really appreciate your feedback. And, and if you have something to say or an idea or a thought, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, SeanTerrell.com is my website. And on there, there's a contact uh, link and you can leave me a question or send me a question and I will get back in touch with you uh, via email from there. So uh, thanks everyone from for listening to the Practice Growth Podcast. Really happy to have you uh, along for the ride and we will talk to you soon. Sean Terrell is a registered representative, certified exit planner, and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a direct, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Terrell Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Terrell Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Compliance tracking number 2021-114315, expiration date January 2023.